Welcome to Redefining Active Investing, the podcast from ECP Asset Management, where we share our insights on markets, industries, and the highest quality companies we can find. I'm Lachlan Hodgkinson, and today we'll hear from ECP partner and investment team member Damon Callahan, who has written extensively on the opportunities and challenges that Block, the dual-listed fintech company and developer of Cash App and acquirer of Afterpay, has faced, embraced, and overcome as they have grown to what is, in our view, an exceptional payments business. In this podcast, Damon walks us through the four phases of ascent that Block's predecessor, Square, successfully completed to take Square Seller from inception to a $150 billion volume payments business. This podcast was recorded prior to the report released by Hindenburg Research on the 23rd of March, 2023. To read our original article describing Square's sustainable competitive advantage and our response to the Hindenburg Research report, please visit our website or follow the links in the show notes below. We hope you enjoy this episode. Many Australian investors will at least be vaguely familiar with Block as the US company that acquired Afterpay in 2021 and dual listed on the ASX last year. But what is Block and why is it a large position in ECP Asset Management's fund? The goal of this audio series is to answer these questions for you. Over the last year, we've written a three-part series on Block. Our first two pieces look in detail at the execution strategies used by the company to create two entirely independent but very large businesses and lays out the moats each business has wrapped around its profitability. Our third, more recent piece looks forward at what we think is Block's big opportunity ahead to create shareholder value through Cash App Commerce. You can find the written series behind this podcast at insights.ecpam.com. Today, in part one, we're going to focus on Block's inception and the creation of its first major success, Square. So let's roll back and get started. In 2009, Square was inspired by our co-founder Jim McKelvey's experience losing a product sale because his previous small business was not able to accept a credit card payment. Attempting to resolve his payments problem, he uncovered an indecipherable US ecosystem that was generally too expensive for small businesses. Together with McKelvey's business partner, Jack Dorsey, they set about building a solution and devised the now famous small, white, square-shaped card reader that plugged into the audio jack of smartphones to allow small merchants to take card payments without a traditional expensive point-of-sales card reader. With the new differentiated reader and pilot, Square moved into what we will call phase one of its life, proving its concept had a competitive edge and a right to exist. However, before it even got started, there were some crucial roadblocks. Card Networks, Visa and MasterCard had operating rules which disallowed Square's proposed business model. The networks prohibited card present aggregation, whereby Square was proposing to aggregate in-store transactions on behalf of small merchants, then submit them directly to the card network for processing. At the same time, Square had to get Apple's approval to connect their card reader to the iPhone via the audio jack, which was circumventing Apple's strict dock connector rules. McKelvey tells a fascinating story in his book, The Innovation Stack, where Square managed to convince Visa and MasterCard to adjust their rulebook and managed to convince Steve Jobs at Apple, which gave them a license to exist and secure initial investor funding and bringing a differentiated product and business model to the market. Square then laid on additional points of differentiation to reduce the speed at which competitors could copy its business. Some of examples included 
making the service free and simple to join with no sign-up fees, a single price, no contracts, and a substantially cheaper card reader than anything else available on the market. They built the fastest settlement offering ever seen, often paying merchants before they themselves had received funds from the consumer's bank. And they innovated on fraud modelling. Using modern data science tools, Square was able to look at risk differently and approve small merchants with thin operating histories. As a result, many small businesses were able to access card payments for the first time. Square's business went viral, growing 10% week-on-week in its first two years. Rather than investing in advertising or direct sales teams, Square's growth was led by its customers as they told the story and word-of-mouth spread. Through interviewing ex-employees, we learned that Square's execution book was, and remains, readily definable. Beautiful hardware and software will draw customers' attention. A simple, low-priced offering will compel them to sign up and try Square's products, and many will stay owing to a seamless customer experience. Square then began moving into phase three of its life, building stronger, hard-to-copy elements around its business to enhance its competitive sustainability. Its earliest sustainable moat was its approach to fraud modelling. To make its business model work, Square needed a seamless sign-up process without a manual and expensive approvals process. At the same time, every step made to simplify the sign-up process also increased the risk of Square being defrauded. Square hypothesised that most fraud attacks came from small-time criminals that used strategies that fit into definable patterns, and that with large transaction volumes spread across many micro-merchants, these patterns could be found and prevented using modern data science tools. That insight proved true, enabling Square to accept tens of thousands of merchants that had previously been locked out of the financial system deemed unviable to serve by incumbent banks. As Square's transaction volumes grew, so did its data advantage, which reinforced its high acceptance rate and the sustainability of its sign-up process. A second moat then emerged around the business, economies of scale. Square has progressively built a diverse suite of hardware tools for merchant payment processing and small business management, which it sells to customers for an average 40% less than what it costs to manufacture. This loss leader is designed to keep customer sign-up costs low and is funded by the growing scale in its processing of customer transactions with volumes now over $150 billion, whereby Square earns a 2.8% processing margin. This scale continues to fund an expanding suite of software products to serve more merchants in more industries across more of their management needs. But how did the word spread about Square's unique product offer? An interview from the archives with an early stage marketing director of Square tells how the team initially built scale by targeting tech and social media savvy business merchants in the San Francisco Bay Area, which helped spread the initial word. Over time, Square reused this playbook by investing in customer acquisition teams focused on gaining critical mass in new geographies. It continually seeded localised brand value in new areas, first by winning over trendsetting merchants and allowing word of mouth to spread from there via existing customers. Square then later invested in broader brand advertising to spread the message further, focusing on an approachable brand personality which was in stark contrast to the typical highbrow institutional financial brand. Its advertising featured its customers as influencers, telling their small business stories, rather than focusing on its own product features like invoicing, processing and lending. 
Today, Square's devices are in millions of merchant stores and are immediately recognisable by consumers in their key markets, which is a feat in of itself. How many consumers do you think would be brand aware of other payment terminals? This gives Square a brand advantage at scale. When the next customer starts thinking about launching their own small business, Square has a leg up as the first payment solution that comes to mind. Finding companies like Squares with deepening advantages through time and growing revenue opportunities can give rise to substantial long-term value creation. In our next audio series, we will explore how Block took the learnings from scaling Square and is actively building an enormous US consumer fintech called Cash App. If you enjoyed this episode of Redefining Active Investing, please don't forget to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please remember to read the disclaimer in the show notes. If you would like to learn more about ECP Asset Management and the way we think about investing, please visit our website at ecpam.com, subscribe to our blog, or follow us on LinkedIn.